Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Give the gift of choice with multi-store cards at giftcards.com. With multi-store cards, treat them to dinner, movies, or shopping on one convenient card. Featuring all your favorites like Wayfair, Ulta, and Cheesecake Factory, it's a gift card everyone will love. For last-minute gifting, choose the Happy Birthday or Happy to Say Thanks e-gift delivered straight to their inbox. Purchase multi-store cards today at www.giftcards.com slash multi-store. Yahoo has officially released their Week 1 Daily Fantasy Football Contest. They have a $1 million contest for Week 1 with no management fee and $100,000 to first place, meaning more money goes back to you the players. It's all about the players. 10 entry max. You're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups that are being auto-generated over and over again like some other sites. Yahoo also has $100,000 guaranteed contest, so there are a lot of prizes out there for week one. If you're just getting started with Daily Fantasy Football, join the free-to-enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. There's $150,000 in weekly and season-long prizes, and if you got a perfect lineup, you get $1 million. You can get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Football season is around the corner, and Podcast One Sportsnet has the best shows to help you build the best fantasy team in the league. Listen to Jeff Radcliffe break down all of the latest NFL news on pro football focus fantasy, then serve up some picks with Ross Tucker's Fantasy Feast, and take a spin with award-winning fanalists on the fantasy record. Or get all the tricks for fantasy sports and gambling with Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Dominate the competition and download new episodes of these shows and more every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. The August 22nd edition of the PFF Forecast. We have Ross Tucker on today. It was an absolute blast. You want to make sure you stick around and check that out. We're going to do a couple of division previews, the AFC West and AFC South, and discuss a little bit of PFF Greenline, which just launched. Let's rock. All right, let's start with um, with Greenline, which is finally up, thank God, because um, both of us were, you know, stressful. We didn't have a whole lot of sleep over the last little bit here. But um, it is up there, so you want to go check it out. It's pff.com uh, slash Greenline. I believe if you go to pff.com, you'll be able to see it. And um, it's obviously aimed at people that are interested in gambling and wagering and whatever you want to call it on football whether it be nfl or ncaa we have all ncaa uh, fbs games up there but what i think is really cool about it is that even if i'm just a fan that loves football there is a lot of interesting components to this page because when we built this tool right the foundation of it is we want to learn more about all the different facets of football and that spins itself into like well okay who's going to win the game and like how much and all that stuff um are you like me maybe you're a little less uh um uh what's the right word uh diversified in the way that you like green line but that to me is the is my favorite no i I 100 percent think so i mean like if you're not interested in gambling but you want to go in and look and see you know what is the chance that kansas city wins against jacksonville in week one you can go see that right and if you want to say you know what is this going to be a high scoring game is going to be a low scoring game if you're a fantasy player and you're interested for example there was you know research i think a couple of years ago that said it's not the highest scoring games that yield the biggest edge in fantasy it's the games that go over the total no matter what the total is so if you want to go through and say okay well what's pff's opinion uh on this stuff in terms of like do they think this game's going to go under do they think this game's going to go over um or even yeah the the spread and everything like that and and the thing about it is is you know unlike and you know this is you know something we had last year but we don't have this year it's not a picks like it's not a picks uh product you're going in and you're saying you know I want to see, you know, what where what side PFF's on, uh, what are the percentages, and then there's some a little bit of information. Now we certainly can't, uh, you know, you know, we can't please everybody in terms of like, 
okay, my book has minus 117. What's that? You know, this right. book's minus 122 or whatever. But, you know, we do have a little bit of tool tips in there for, okay, if it's, you know, standard minus 110 juice, what's the break-even probability? Is this a break-even bet? All that kind of stuff. Uh, so go in and look and, and, you know, have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be one of the engines that we use to sort of drive some of our content here, not only for NFL, but as you said, also college football. Well, if, if I'm strictly a someone that wants to do more sports betting and I think there should be a lot of people out there that are doing that because it's now easier and um, it's less shady now that it's being Mm -hmm. legalized the NCAA would be I think where I'd start because there's just the NFL is such an efficient market there is so much news everything is known um, and so it's really hard to find value at the NFL level um, but the NCAA level, there is a lot more. Yeah. Um, and if you're, you know, regional, there's a regional component yeah. to it too, which I think is really interesting. Um, but we're doing, actually, you have just recorded two how-to videos for Green Line, so you can go check those out on YouTube. And Eric and his dulcet tones, my dulcet tones, are going to walk true. you through um, all the different things that you just kind of talked about. The fact that we have cover probs on there, the tool tips, all the different rankings and components of team play that are important. Um, I've already watched them like four or five times. Well, and and we will tones. we'll still have the basically the pick seg the picks uh, column that we yeah. had every single week the last two years. Those picks have been what fifty three and a half percent the last two years, something like that. So, um, you know, we had not as good of a year in twenty eighteen as we had in twenty seventeen. So it all sort of shook out that way. Um, but we will Rebounding. do that. What's that? We've we've cut fifteen pounds of fat, and we'll be summer. Um, gain 15 pounds of muscle yeah we're ready to go and uh and also uh, ben brown and i believe i'll be making appearances doing college uh spread picks i believe ben's first article was just up about the week zero games uh not a lot of not a lot in the way of options this week just two games and we're basically on the market number in a couple in both of those games but uh he he did a good job of writing up uh some of the the angles there for you if you want to play dfs in college or you want to uh you know bet the game see what side to lean and everything like that that's up on pff.com you really know how to get me going start talking about college (sighs) can't wait is uh tate martell starting this weekend uh, he is not. He's going to uh, be on Instagram, though. He is going to be on Instagram. He's did he did he report back to his team? I don't even know. He's going to be snooping. That's just hilarious to me. Um, all right, PFF Greenline, you need an elite subscription. But the cool thing is that it's not more. Like, you want an elite subscription anyways, and then you get Greenline, too, yeah. which is a ridiculous value. Well, and I so think that's, that's important to note. It is a part of the PFF subscription. It is not a... It's I not mean, an add-on. Exactly. You're not, you're not over here. You don't have to feel slimy going and like buying picks from a random dude in a hat that's pulled down on the street corner this is a i want to understand the game of football better um addition to all of the other i want to understand the game of football better content that's a part of pff elite and it's uh it's something that we've worked really hard on we're really proud of so go check it out tate martell with the wide receivers in practice <laughs> just to <laughs> oh man um all right we're gonna do a little um division by division preview for the the season as we get closer we're just a couple of weeks away um as i mentioned ross tucker is coming up after this segment and there's a special cincy y segment with ross on there that you don't want to miss let's do um let's switch to the afc the west and the south we did the nfc west and south last week and we have articles that you can go check out on pff.com on on each of the divisions you being a Chiefs fan, as you're wearing the Chiefs colors right now, nice ketchup colored red shirt. Um, Derwin James, he is no longer yeah. uh, a starting a member of the starting defense for the Los Angeles Chargers, and all of a sudden Havana. you start to you start to see some of the Chargerian things that happen every single year start happening to the Chargers, and it seems like every year there's this group of people, Mike Renner has been a part of this group, that gets really excited about the Chargers. They have as much talent as any team in the NFL, yada, 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 so on and so forth. They're my Super Bowl pick. And then right about this time, you start to go, well, you know, Andy Reid... He's still the coach in Kansas City. I know their defense was bad, but that means it can't be worse. So now I'm, I'm starting to, to lean 
very heavily towards the the Chiefs once again. Yeah, and probably not as much as you know when uh, Monday Night Football was on Tess and Bug. Uh, the ESPN FBI had the Chiefs winning that division 66% of the time, which I think is, is egregiously high. That is a little high. Um, but, you know, we had them more around 59 60%, and I think that's more reasonable and in line with what the betting markets have. Mm-hmm. And But it still felt high to me, so I went in and dug in to say, you know, why is this happening? And I think the key thing is Kansas City is a West Coast – or plays in a West Coast division – but it has but has central time zone as its home and the Chargers and the Chiefs do not play in California this year. True. So so when the tiebreakers come into play, like Kansas City just has a way better chance of sweeping the Chargers than Los Angeles does of sweeping Kansas City. So uh you know, they are a decided favorite in my opinion. They have the younger quarterback. We might see some regression there, but as you said, their defense was one of the worst in the NFL last season and you know, even though I don't think they sufficiently addressed everything, they probably will improve just by, you know, regression, you know, reversion to the mean. Well, I, I think Mahomes probably regresses statistically. I don't necessarily think that means he plays a ton worse. I mean, he did a lot of stable things really, really well, and yeah. they're stable for a reason. Like, I don't expect him to all of a sudden come out and start airmailing open receivers 10 yards away. Right. Right, I would expect some of the out-of-the-pocket stuff to maybe decline a little bit, some of the crazy pressure stuff. But those are the minority of plays, which gets me to why I'm actually a little nervous about the Chargers, and that's that Phillip Rivers, he's not very mobile. And that Patriots game where they just got shellacked, I thought it exposed their offensive line a little bit, and Phillip Rivers made up for it earlier in the season. He was one of the top quarterbacks in pass rating under pressure pretty much like throughout the entire season. So he was kind of on the right side of variance there with stuff that we know is not stable. And in a situation that may require them, even though he already throws the ball as quickly as anyone in the NFL, where it's not an option, where he's yeah. just under pressure a lot. Well, in last season, you know, they had some stable things happen to them for once, right? Other than Hunter Henry getting hurt, right? Keenan Allen stayed healthy. For Keenan Allen stayed healthy for one of the few times in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mike Williams played well. Uh, Travis, you know, Travis Benjamin was great. You know, at times going over the top of the defense. Um, the the running back he's been out so long I forget his name. Uh, Melvin Gordon he was hurt for a few games, but that didn't really matter because Austin Eckler is pretty good. The Chiefs, on the other hand, and again back to your point of stability. The Chiefs dealt with a lot of instability last year, even right. on offense. Sammy Watkins missed a significant amount of the season. Their offensive line was injured uh, for for large portions at, at right, you know, at center, right guard. Um, you know, Tyree Kill was banged up with a heel injury at times, and then they had the Kareem Hunt. They literally cut their Parma. running back, you know, three three fourths of the way through the season, <laughs> and so uh, you know. And all of that, they're often still like I think they win. Every, they scored over twenty-seven points in every single game. So you actually just mentioned the Kareem Hunt loss. Well, what I'm saying is, is what Addition I'm saying by subtraction. Okay. Did you got in trouble again, or like something else bubbled up? Well, of course, but but that's shocking. the thing. Like so, so if they have league average stability offensively, that might even enhance Mahomes. Um, you know, as a as a you the know Major as a player. League baseball this year. is dealing with the same issue. Picking up gas station uh, performance in uh, We didn't um, blue juice. Is yeah, wasn't that an option was at one point? Yeah. Um. The. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought. Oh no, the the Chiefs are also interesting because on the defensive side of the ball. So the Chargers were a really good defense last year, and they didn't deal with, you know, any sort of massive injuries. Right now, this year, right from the get go, Derwin James, who. I think you could make a really solid case. I know Bosa's fantastic, but and Casey Hayward as well. But like, if I had to take one of those guys, I'm probably taking Derwin James. Um, has a screw bent in his foot. Whereas the Chiefs, it, it was really interesting. Chris was bringing this up about how sometimes you just got to recognize your personnel, and like they didn't have the guys to run that that personnel yeah, yeah. at all, and yet they just on purpose. By the way, right? Like they got rid of Marcus Peters, and you know. Right, and, and now it's like, okay, well, at least we're taking stock of which we, what we have, and we're not going to put ourselves in that position. And if you're the Chiefs' defense, shouldn't your thought literally be just do everything we can to hold them under 30? Like, you don't have to be this shut-down, 
you know, Jaguars, Bears of the past couple of years defense, you can be 23rd and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if, and, and, you just have to you just have to do aggressive things defensively. You have to sack the quarterback a couple times. You have to get turnovers a couple times. Sure. You can bleed yardage. I feel like, but the the fact of the matter is, and frankly, these teams that have great offenses behind them, I don't think leverage that as much. Right? Like a team like that should be blitzing a lot more. They should be playing you know man coverage and with robbers and things like that that can force turnovers um, because they know that if they give up a touchdown. Mahomes is coming back over the top and scoring again. It's the teams like, you know, I, I sort of think about the Bears. I think about the Vikings, the Jaguars here, whose defenses regress because they have to be uptight because their offenses yeah. are not good enough to like, uh, you know, to push them forward if they're behind seven, nothing. And so I don't think the Chiefs have that. And frankly, like the Chargers don't either. So they sure. can still, you know, given especially how strong they are up front, they can pressure the quarterback. They can, uh, you know, put, be aggressive in coverage and their offense will probably back them up. Well, it flips the other way. If you have a defense that is sub par and you have a good offense you should be going for a, a, every single yeah, yeah. fourth and short because like what is this extra 30 yards on this punt matter possession mm-hmm. is going to be far more valuable to me over the long run those are obviously the two front runners the broncos and the raiders both suck however i'm not nearly so the raiders to me maybe you'll disagree with this I feel like the Raiders are potentially so, so far away. The Broncos, at least, if, let's say, like, Drew Locke was Josh Allen. Like, there's some variant season where it's like, hey, all things kind of click together. And the Broncos could be a decent team. They get Vic Fangio. They have a ton of defensive playmakers. If variance breaks right for them in terms of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, you'd expect that defense to be a you know top 10-ish defense p- with the potential to be top one. And on offense, it's not like they're totally void of playmakers, right? Emmanuel Sanders is a really good receiver. They drafted no Fant. They drafted Evesson in Reisner. Um, so, like, I don't think Flacco or Drew Locke are doing anything. But at least if they did, the rest of the team would be able to get them over the top, right? Yeah, I mean, well, and Flacco has not been the type of quarterback that you're bottoming out with six, five, six wins type of player, right? Okay. He's a win you seven, win you eight, make you kind of disappointing with a good defense. That's kind of exactly what this, you know, the Vegas has him at seven. Uh, we're a little bit above that. And I and I think, again, getting to play Oakland twice, <laughs> getting, you know, the, uh, the Chargers, you know, they beat the Chargers last year. The reason the Chargers didn't end up winning that division, they beat them in L.A. Um, so I don't think that they're going to be a complete disaster. Um, the, the question is, is again, like in the AFC, do they have a chance to make the playoffs? <sighs> AFC North strong, right? AFC, uh, AFC East and the AFC South, like they could go either way. I think it's more likely that those two divisions are weaker. Right. So there could be uh, a third, you know, playoff opportunity out of this division. And I don't see Denver as out of the conversation with that. I think we have them about 22% chance to make the playoffs, which is a little bit above break. Even if you're betting them at plus 400. So, uh, yeah, I, so there's like, there's, there's like a path, which is weird to say because their quarterback position has been a disaster. Yeah. They go so nine and bad. seven with Trevor Simeon one year. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning playing with his left arm. Right. He was dead. And at that Brock Osweiler. Yeah. But the Raiders, the Raiders are worrisome because they go out and spend $2 million on a $10,000 car in the draft. They're trotting all those guys out there. Josh Jacobs is going to make so many people on uh, fantasy squads everywhere excited. Yeah, and Trent then, Brown is going to Trent Brown's going to bring the illusion of stability on the offensive line. Derek Carr is Derek Carr, and the defense is like I'm not exactly sure who's going to cover anybody. You and I, you and me. <laughs> um, and then Antonio Brown, I was trying to be on the other side of this for a while, which was like, hey, people saying that he's crazy and doing all this weird stuff. They're just you know. Anno- they just want to make up a story. Yeah. They don't like people that, ex- that talk about themselves on Instagram, all of this stuff. I've got to admit, some of this, this foot, the, the feet and helmet thing, it's weird, dude. It's really, yeah. really well, weird. And we've seen, his- I mean, like, 
somebody brought up Terrell Owens, and I think, like, honestly, Antonio Brown and Terrell Owens historically are pretty similar in terms of how good they are. Yeah, this is a great comparison. And 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 Terrell and the Eagles wanted to, the, they tried their hardest to put up with it, and and ultimately, like, even that they cracked, and they had like a terrible season that in '05 uh, with Owens, they had to let him go after seven games, and it was it was sort of this this crazy thing and and then eventually to sort of got into this like stable thing where he wasn't as brilliant as before but his antics were sort of in place i wonder if brown settles into that or if it's just the end for him here's the thing winning is a to with buffalo for winning example. is a cure-all and they're not winning so. and they're not winning and then so it's you know it's a what came first the chicken or the egg thing but culture matters in these situations for two reasons if you're Create, if you're good at creating, <laughs> showing me pictures of T.O. in a Bills uniform. Um, if you're good at creating a strong culture, then there's a chance, there's a pretty good chance that you're not bringing in people that are cancers to your team, first off. Secondly, when you do take on people that may have a bad you know, connotation around them, it's because you've vetted them, you know that it, a little bit is misunderstood, and you have a winning tradition and culture that they were bringing them into. Right, you're, you Rangers lack des- quite have you, that. you lack desperation, right? Desperation is the is the first step to like to ruin, right? I mean, the the Patriots are never desperate enough for a player to to compromise their culture to acquire that. Right. The so Raiders just be like, "Hey, I'm not wearing this yeah. helmet. Screw yeah. you." Right. They'll they'll <laughs> cut. I mean, they cut uh, Hainsworth after just a few games because he was trash and like he was, you know, they 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 had Ocho Cinco on their team and he like couldn't learn the playbook, so they didn't play him. They're yeah. like the the lack of desperation, whereas the Raiders do seem desperate to get good players on their team. And as a result, there's always this chance of ruin. And we're seeing that. Not currently. that desperate. Did you watch the first round of the NFL <laughs> That's true. Yeah. What about T.O. Bengals, though? Yeah, this is pretty <laughs> fire. He looks great in that uniform. Um, they could maybe use him week one. Yeah. The, uh, the AFC South just wrote an article about them this week. I am going to go out on a limb and say least exciting division in the nfl your thoughts uh, yeah the this division the problem is the colts are starting to get interesting because there are these creeping suspicions that andrew luck is not ready for the season yep let, let's throw that to I feel like i've heard that before let's throw that caution to the wind for a second and sure. assume he's going to be healthy week one okay. if he's healthy week one i think the colts are firmly the favorite in that division in a very boring way yep. they're not they don't have any dysfunction they're run well uh their offensive line's good they have a brilliant receiver they have a they have a running back by committee right so they're not overspending for running back their defense isn't terribly talented but they added justin but houston not and and they're not dumb. They do smart things, as you said. They play to their strengths. So that team is 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 the favorite in a boring way. Houston now Houston's kind of funny because they don't have a GM. They they absolutely don't have an offensive line. They right. tried, but fa- like in the draft, they, it was in a, di- a disaster as well. They have Matt Khalil left tackle. That's so bad. They have a really good wide receiver and quarterback combination. They just get jumped for like one of the best <laughs> left tackles. <laughs> Take you. They. They're they're one of their best defensive players is holding out with no end in sight. So th- there is some intrigue there, but yet they if Andrew Luck is not playing, they have the they have two a, most valuable players in that division, bar but, none. Bar none. And Jacksonville, Jacksonville should be should be a team that emerges again this year. But Nick, but it's always Nick Foles. You just never know. And then Tennessee is literally the boringest team in the NFL. They're so bad. <laughs> they're just like no. There's nothing on, exciting about Tennessee. They're on uh, on Sunday night this week. And you making the preview packet for that is just like you're just trying <laughs> leaving to five up. pages blank. I imagine. I mean, it's basically Mariota's bad, and the rest of the team is boring. And that's they're really the it. they're the most boring team in the NFL. They're so boring, and it's sad because Nashville's actually pretty cool yeah and then they've got this team that's like the total antithesis of what they've got going on there so you kind of throw them out jacksonville they were so bad offensively last year it's crazy i was looking at play action uh yards per play so the patriots chiefs um niners um chargers i think were up there seahawks were up there in terms of yards per play off of play action not surprising that they were up there 
The Raiders were 31st, like 5.7 yards per play. Why wouldn't play they be? Action. The, the, the top teams are about nine, a little over nine. The Jaguars were like 4.26. <laughs> Dude, they were, they were halfway to the Nick Mullins Niners in terms of play action efficiency, which is something that like, hey, you don't have a great quarterback. You don't have a great offensive line. You should still be able to like manufacture some stuff off play action. But that's sort of like the, the shtick about play action is that so there, there's a couple things. Play action makes every quarterback better usually, but it's not stable for that particular quarterback year to year. Right. And so there's a sign to say, okay, every team should run play action more. I buy it. And then there's also, we should still lean into this trash quarterback because we can run play action every time, right. which the data would say, no, actually nope. not. You should actually get yourself a competent quarterback and then use play action to enhance him. Don't lo- rely on play action as a crutch to elevate a crappy quarterback. And that's the, the thing that Jacksonville ran into last year. Yeah, it was shocking. No one could have seen it coming. No, none. No one. Not even the two people here. You remember that? There's some Jack there was that, YouTube oh commenter that just went off on us. Yeah. You guys never like us. Oh, really? We don't like your receiving core whose best player, Marquise Lee, is out? Dante Moncrief. We don't like Blake. I like Blake Bortles as a person. Do not like He seems like a decent concept, like a yeah, as a, guy, as a guy. Yeah. Um, so, in general, this division to me is monumentally boring. I don't know what the Houston Texans' plan is in terms of deshaun watson are they just hoping that he survives there were games last year the cowboys game in particular which was also a really boring game um he was just getting the crap beat out of him and it seems like that happens a lot that would worry me a ton um but then again if if andrew luck can't play jacoby Brissett is he's okay sure but like you're now the favorite to win that that division that might but that i don't actually think that that's true i think i mean i don't think they're a decided favorite and that's why you know we said we we like the tennessee under we printed that early in the year but i think tennessee at like plus whatever they are 400 to make the playoffs i think 600 to win the division 600 to win the division like if chaos ensues in the afc south it's going to be a boring ass team like tennessee that's going to win it you know whereas I, i just think houston Houston was on the right side of variance so much last year. Bad offensive line. Quarterback was the highest rated guy. Quarterback rating under pressure. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins didn't drop any passes, which I know is a skill probably for him, but will regress likely at times. Uh, defensively, you're, you know, one of your best defenders is gone. You, you got by with some older players in the secondary last year. I, I think... I think he was, and we bet the Houston under last year. That was, a, you know, ended up being a mistake even after they started 0 and 3. I just, I think if this division becomes a free for all, it's teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee that are the better bets. I'm just such a, I am such a big Deshaun Watson fan. Same. It, it is really hard for me, given that the other two teams, the Titans and the Jaguars, have gaping, massive holes in many parts of their <laughs> team or TOs. Um, in many parts of their team that are important, it's hard for me not to take maybe maybe the best uh, quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL. So now that Hopkins or uh, sorry Brown and uh, Big Ben, so I think Mayfield and OBJ have a chance. Thomas and Breeze. I think the reigning yeah the reigning ones are what Breeze Thomas and. Ryan Julio, but uh, they're they're in the top five, I think, um, for sure, for sure in the top five. Be more definitive. Anything else about this division that interests you? I have, I have nothing. Uh, teams who root for, or uh, people who root for teams in the AFC West, AFC East, and AFC North should be thanking God about the AFC South. That's a good point. Um, what do you think happens with Luck? Oh, I think he, I think he plays week one. You do, um, and I think he. It's one of those where it's. Think I hate I hate to one? typecast them, but he he strikes me as a big Ben, where he's just gonna he's gonna wrap that pitch up into like a big air cast, he and he's just gonna stand in the pocket. Saint Andrew Luck in the same bathroom as Ben Roethlisberger. Do not do that. Are we Don't just gonna end the podcast on that? Yeah, that's terrible. 
Uh, I think he I think he misses. If he plays week one, it's the same thing that they did with him last year where he comes out there and just dinks and dunks it around. They can't be this obsequious about this injury and it not be something, in my humble opinion. Okay. I, I Okay, that's where we disagree, but we'll run the Sims tonight with, the, uh, with, with Brissette playing like a month. Let's do that. So excited. Got Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker coming up. Before we do get there, I want to remind you guys that the season is coming up. You might be a fantasy player. You might be a casual fan. might be a DFS player, whatever it is that you do. But if you have not tried the Las Vegas Super Contest, you should. And um, we've been doing it for a while now. It's a ton of fun. Get in with a couple of buddies. Um, maybe you have a, you know, a group of friends you always talk football with. This is a great way to kind of bring yourselves together. It's a fairly decent buy-in, $1,500, but the payouts are obviously big. It forces commitment, um, and you get to go to Vegas because you got to go there to sign up. And if you live outside of the state, you're not going to go put your picks in every week. You need a proxy service to go do that for you. Footballcontest.com uh, is, is the place to go. We've used them multiple times. They're super professional. They make it really easy. Um, footballcontest.com is what you want to go to uh, if you're going to join the, the Las Vegas Super Contest, which I think you should because it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you have questions about it, you can hit either of us up. Ross Tucker, coming up next. On the line now, the one and only Ross Tucker. Ross, how are you doing, man? George, I am fantastic. I am ready to go, fired up. I was happy to have you on the Even Money podcast earlier this week. It's, uh, we're doing the old home and home. No, So that was a great time. We, we had a blast. Now, I should mention that on that pod, and I think I told you this, Eric, I was dealing with adverse circumstances, an echo coming on my end. But... I powered through, didn't well, I, What's Ross? the preseason for? The preseason is for <laughs> testing players when they are under adverse situations and seeing how they respond. So par for the course. And, and Ross, well, you say I did okay, right? Managed. I thought you did fantastic. Everybody listening needs to listen to George's performance with a bad echo. <laughs> now, you couldn't, you know, the, the listeners couldn't hear it, but George was dealing with it. Two thoughts there, George. Number one, as a frequent broadcaster... We always say that that's kind of how you separate the men from the boys, right, is how you perform when, you know, it's adverse circumstances. <laughs> and I can I could give you a million stories, but there's a lot. And number two, I still am convinced that that was on your end. So I don't feel bad for you at all. <laughs> uh, look, I will blame the Internet in my my part of building. How about that? Uh, let's let's get it started with this. We always try to bring a couple of non-football questions to the table, and I'm I'm bullish on your answers to some of these. I think they'll be fun. So the first one I want to start with is, what's the worst place you've ever lived? <laughs> Ooh, um, I'm gonna go with Cleveland, Ohio. It, it, so I, I grew up outside of uh, Pennsylvania, outside of Philly in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. I love my hometown. Um, I've lived in Princeton, New Jersey for college. I've lived in uh, Washington, D.C., really northern Virginia for the Redskins, mm-hmm. Dallas for the Cowboys, Buffalo for the Bills, Ooh. Cleveland for the Browns, uh, actually Cumberland, Rhode Island, and Foxborough for the Patriots. And then spent some time in New York City with my wife, and then even Chicago when my wife got her MBA. I would say Cleveland. Now, in fairness, I was only there for a month. <laughs> um, I was only there for a month, and it didn't end well. They traded a conditional seventh-round pick for me. I started the last three preseason games. I thought I'd start the opener, and then I got cut, so... I might be skewed just by, you know, bad memories of what happened, and that's certainly possible. But I would just say this. I would say, you know, there weren't that many redeeming qualities. I I don't really like (laughs) Chicago. You're right on the water. Lake Michigan, it's awesome. Even Buffalo, you know, you're not far from skiing, you know, like in Ellicottville or, you know, Holiday Valley, you've got uh, actually some cool stuff on the water there and Niagara Falls. Cleveland, I feel like, you know, like Wayne and Garth 
in Wayne's world when they're in Delaware. They're just like, all right, we're in Cleveland. Okay. Like, so I, I don't, there was nothing really negative about it, but I, I, I can't really think of anything positive either. Ross, you're, you're, you're preaching to the converted here with uh, George because he's, his opinion of Ohio is, is I think, like very congruent to yours. It, I would So you hit the nail on the head, which is there are all those pros about all those other places. And it's you got to dig real deep to find some pros about about Cleveland and uh, Cincy. I think it may be like a slight cut above, but I'm, I'm it definitely is. I, I've spent a bunch of time in Cincy. Cincy's definitely better than Cleveland. There's no question. Okay, uh, that as someone that will never be going to Cleveland, that that sounds right. Okay, next one is um, what is your favorite cocktail? or beverage of choice? Um, well, unless we count milkshakes, because uh, if I, it's like extra thick chocolate or cookies and cream milkshake, like I'm all over that. Um, if we're talking more adult beverages, no matter where I am, what I order is a local IPA. That's what I order. So living in central Pennsylvania, in the Harrisburg Hershey area, I like uh, I like Nimble Giants and Field Study from Trogues, which is in Hershey. Okay. Those are two. One's a double IPA, one's a regular IPA. They're absolutely delicious. My buddy um, Al has Pizza Boy Brewing, Owls of Hampton, and he's got a ten and a half percent double IPA. Wow. Front side, lip side, which is a real nice. Uh, Drink one beer of those and you're good to go. You you spit out more uh, beer terminology in that one little clip than I've heard in my lifetime. That it's was impressive. impressive. You might you might want to consider having uh, another adding another podcast to the list, man. I I really like honestly I really like football, IPAs, and food. Other than like my family and wife, but football, <laughs> IPAs, and food, those are like my three things. Yeah, I, we're not we're not too dissimilar, us three. Um, I, and by the way, I'm allowing milkshakes because I love milkshakes. They're they're tough though because you've got to commit <laughs> when you're going to get a milkshake. Yeah. Um, but okay, so let's jump into uh, some of the NFL stuff. And every year, preseason. I'm sure you feel similarly is like this amazing, uh, for lack of a better word, orgasm over all of the great things that are happening to your team. And there's there's really not a lot of negatives unless you're the Niners and Jimmy G's thrown 10 straight interceptions. Um, but everyone is usually looking at different parts of their team. And it, it usually seems like it's skill position guys. You have a unique ability to kind of take a look at some of the things that are often not appreciated enough, like offensive line. So as you're looking around the league now, before the season has started, who are some of those lines that are causing you to think differently about teams out there? Yeah, I, I would say one for sure is the Cleveland Browns. Um, I obviously already had concerns about the left tackle spot mm -hmm. and Greg Robinson, even though he did pretty well down the stretch last year, he has been consistently inconsistent in his career. And so I, I just can't, I can't expect that to definitely change, but they've got even two bigger issues in my mind. When they traded Kevin Zeitler to the giants as part of the Odell Beckham jr. Trade, mm -hmm. the thought process was that Austin Corbett who was the number 33 overall pick the year before, would just slide in there, be the right guard, no problem. Well, hasn't happened. You know, in fact, he's, he's nowhere to be found right now. And instead, a career journeyman, Eric Cush, is starting at right guard. And almost as troubling, guys, is they have no depth. I mean, yeah. you look at their guys, I guess it's Brian Witzman would be the next guy yeah. in, or maybe Corbett. I tell people all the time, you got to count on your sixth offensive lineman to start half the year, just the way injuries go. So the, the Browns do not have 
a championship caliber right guard, left tackle, or depth. And O-line is not a position that you want to be light on. So, you know, that's one reason why I'm not as high on the Browns as everybody else seems to be. I guess, conversely, I'll just stay in the AFC East, and I really like the Bills and the Jets, the amount of resources they put. I mean, the Bills signed seven free agent offensive linemen. Yeah who have all played and are all at least serviceable to try to give them a good starting five plus depth. And they drafted Cody Ford in the second round. And then the Jets, even just during camp, found a way to get Alex Lewis and Ryan Khalil. So I would expect both of them to be a lot better up front. Well, you, you bring up a point that I think we've tried to make here, which is, you know, the offensive linemen who are elite, right? They, they're really fun to watch, right? Tyron Smith, you know, stonewalling defensive linemen for years, you know, uh, even Trent Williams in, in Washington. But you, you do not forget David Bakhtiari. That's please. true. Yeah, and he's great, too. But, but like, there's really a lot of value in the, the fact that the difference between, like, a really bad offensive lineman and an average one is far bigger than a, an average one and a truly great one in terms of outcomes, right? And, and so you, you bring up some great points in that, like, the teams that are, are going to struggle because of their offensive line is not necessarily the lack of elite talent there. It's the lack of depth or the, the probability that they'll, ha- they'll go in with a weakness that another team can exploit play after play. And, and I do agree with you. I think, with, you know, in the AFC North, you know, I think you know the Steelers are an underdog relative to the Browns in terms of winning that division, but their offensive line is so much superior. And you know, at the quarterback position, they're so much more proven that I think they're probably a better bet than Cleveland than people think. Thousand percent. I've been telling everybody I got Pittsburgh in that division. I actually think Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland are all probably between like eight and ten wins. Yeah. But I'm taking Pittsburgh. Because of the O-line, because of the experience that Tomlin and Roethlisberger have in those close late games in the season, as opposed to Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, or even Lamar Jackson, for that matter, although he played late in the year last year. You know, for all those reasons, I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers in that division. Plus, the the Browns just talk too much, and (laughs) they don't know what it's like to be the hunted rather than the hunter i actually think the browns might be in for a pretty big wake-up call and the offensive line is not the only reason why well and they're still they're still dealing with the curse of ross tucker right i mean they haven't really (laughs) been the favorite in the afc north since they let you go so that's a thousand percent correct you know know, by the way they um they traded a conditional seventh round pick for me So that, I don't know if you guys knew, but that's the highest honor you can bestow on a pro football player to be traded for a conditional seventh round pick. And the Patriots are still mad at me because they traded for Hank Fraley and cut me and the Patriots didn't even get the seventh round pick out of it. They didn't even get I'm I'm the conditional seventh round pick that the condition didn't even happen. They didn't even get it. Oh man. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'd tack ten more years onto that curse then if I'm if I'm the football god then to Cleveland. Yeah, you need to make that a thing, especially after the way that you talked about Cleveland about 10 minutes ago. I, I would say that right now you just have to go full into it. <laughs> you have no well, choice. Do me a favor and make sure, I don't know how you guys geo-target or whatever, yeah. make sure this podcast is not available in Northeast Ohio. Thank you. <laughs> Usually my uh, or both our faces just get uh, thrown into Chicago after we talk about Mitch Trubisky and they throw rocks and fruit at us but uh cleveland generally is interesting because we are such big baker mayfield fans um and that's i think a reason why the offensive line is an issue right because he's your he's your biggest advantage right. when you when you trot them out there but usually we have good things to say about the browns because we're always talking about baker so it's nice that we finally delve into yeah. another side of their team because i think about some of the teams that always have it feels like depth on the offensive line and two that really come to mind are the Eagles in that Super Bowl winning year where, I mean, they lost Jason Peters, right? And they're able to plug and play and get guys to perform at at least an average level. And that allows them to then take advantage of their playmakers and go to the Super Bowl. And then the Saints, uh, not so much last year, but a couple years ago, it felt like they were always kind of had one guy that was out, Tron Armstead's out, and they're shifting guys around. But because all those guys are competent, it's not 
destroying their most valuable asset well, in Drew Brees. Well, and their quarterback knows how to – I mean, it, it's got to be comforting as an offensive lineman to know that your quarterback, you have his back and he has your back in the sense that it almost never looks like the New Orleans Saints offensive line looks bad um, because Drew Brees is always in, putting them in a position to succeed and they're putting him in a position to succeed as a result. So, uh, you know, th- those are interesting examples. Yeah, wh- Ross, wh- what's your thought on that about the – how you feel as a lineman with the quarterback and just like his kind of trait, right? He's going to hold on to the ball or he's going to always get the ball out as the play calls for. Every offensive lineman would tell you that their dream quarterback is a guy like Peyton Manning yeah, or, or Brady, a guy that gets rid of the ball very quickly. Cause people say, well, what about a mobile quarterback? Well, here's the thing. If your guy beats you and Michael Vick or whoever makes that guy miss, yeah. and makes a big play you still get yelled at. Yeah. Like you still got beat. You still get yelled at. Whereas so many offensive linemen got paid for the Colts and the Patriots over the years yeah. because Brady and Manning get rid of the ball so quickly. I used to watch and be like, man, that would be nice. Just how quickly they were able to get the ball out of their hands. I'll say this, you know, as we're talking, I'm driving right now to the Eagles Ravens preseason game. I'm the color analyst for the nice. Eagles and uh, their second offensive line is really impressive. Um, you know, left to right, they have four guys that are legitimate, I think, starters in the NFL. I mean, the left tackle, Andre Dillard, first-round pick, has been a favorite of PFF. Mm-hmm. He's the only uh, tackle with more than 37 pass rush reps that hasn't given up a pressure yet. Look at he you. Is extreme- he, he, yeah, dude, I'm all over PFF. He's extremely impressive. Uh, the center was Nooski, started like I think over 100 games in the league mm-hmm. at center or guard. And to your point, he was the left guard on the Super Bowl team. The right guard, uh, Vitae, Halapaluri Vadi Vitae. Nicely he, done. You're ready for this game, I can tell. Yeah, he's been excellent. I mean, yeah. he's the guy that started at left tackle in the Super Bowl, right. but he's played very well at right guard. And then the right tackle, Jordan Mailata. The uh, 22-year-old Australian has been fantastic. Um, you know, he still needs to learn a little bit in terms of his football intelligence. It's his second year ever playing football, but he's a starter in the NFL at some point too. So they literally have a second string with four starters on it. I don't think you can say that about the left guard, Matt Pryor, yeah. but I do think Matt Pryor is a guy that would be a good sixth or seventh man for a bunch of other teams in the league. Well, and, and you you know, we're talking oftentimes about sports betting and things like that. I mean, it's all about mitigating risk, right? And there's so many teams in the NFL right now that are an injury or two away on the offensive line, away from not being a functional offense. You sort of saw Minnesota last year, uh, you know, some other teams in the past, you know, Houston, for example. And Houston wasn't an injury away. They just were. Yeah. yeah. And now, you know, you talk about the Eagles, like there's a lot of uncertainty associated with Carson Wentz injuries. Right. But it's not going to stem from the fact that they haven't covered their bases up front. And that's a huge hack, I think, for them. When you were mentioning the the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing, Ross, I was thinking about we've done some looking into like measuring player exertion. Anecdotally. Even if like the number of plays are slightly fewer, you know, if you're running around and and you have a guy that's going to hold on to the ball for three seconds instead of two point two, that's got to make a, a pretty significant toll on how you are feeling wind wise, you know, play to play, right? Well, maybe, but the only thing I would say about that is rushing the passer, rushing the quarterback is way more tiring than sure. pass protection. But they're so bringing guys in and out though. Well, that's why, right? You know, that's why. So, I don't think that makes that much of a difference. Okay. You know, I think it's more just knowing where the guy is going to be and knowing he's going to get it out quickly. And I'll, I'll I'll add something else to that, specifically as it relates to Brady, which is his pocket movement. Really, both of them. But I was in New England. His pocket movement is so good that even if you get beat, Mm -hmm. as long as you stay on the guy, you're not going to end up giving up a sack because he'll just slide around the pocket as long as you stay on him and keep running your feet. And the other point about mitigating risk, I think that's why the Eagles signed Josh McCown. There are certain positions, and D-line, O-line, quarterback are absolutely those for the Eagles, 
where they just refuse to take any chances. They refuse to ever be shorthanded at those spots. No, that makes yeah. a ton of sense. So, so Ross, what is what is one thing about offensive line play that somebody like you, who having played the game at a high level um, at multiple positions too, knows that somebody you know who's just watching the game like what is one thing that even somebody like you know us who has all the data does the analytics all that kind of stuff what are what's something that we're likely missing that that you are uh you know uh privy to in terms of offensive line play how complex it is mentally and that to to be a starting caliber offensive lineman you have to have a really high football iq and I would say it's the most mentally demanding position after quarterback. And especially if you're a center or a guard, because you're involved with all of the blitzes and things happen so quickly. It's really a different type of intelligence. It's not like, you know, taking the SATs or a test. Mm-hmm. It's how quickly you can adjust everything you were going to do in less than a, less than half a second because they just moved the D-line, and that changes everything, while 80,000 people are screaming, and you're trying to not get run over by the 340-pound dude six inches from your nose. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's, that's a great point, and I think that something that I – interestingly about, like, some of football, some of the positions – you have to know your job, right? And like, I think of like wide receiver, uh, you know, running back positions like that. But like on the offensive line, you truly left to right need to know everybody's assignment left to right. And and because of what you just said, whereas you know things that things that happen pre snap just make the adjustments across the line. And it's not as simple as just saying you know the guy block the guy in front of you. It's it's really you know this this complex you know interweaving thing of things you guys have to think about. Yeah, um, you really, you really need to see to your point the big picture. If you only see or study what you do, you're always going to be a little bit behind on the offensive line because you're always working in concert with somebody, whether it's the guy to the left or the right of you. Well, that it's interesting that you mentioned that because I it, we have talked a lot about the value at different positions along the O line, and one that sort of comes up that it's hard to tease out as much value as I think we believe to be there is, is center. And a, and a guy that's coming back this year, hopefully, is Travis Fed- Frederick for, for the Cowboys. And we spoke about this a little bit, Ross, when I was talking about how I'm a little you know bit down on the Cowboys. We're a little bit down on the Cowboys because of their skill position guys. But we do attribute their strength as a running team from a couple of seasons ago to that offensive line. Travis Frederick coming back, is he the guy that has such a high mental acuity that he can transform not just him, but that whole O-line by being back there? It helps a lot. Um, That position has an immense responsibility on their shoulders. And I don't know how Looney, the guy last year, did, but I know Frederick's excellent. It also, you know, it's, it's the depth of the pocket. And Frederick's the strongest center in the NFL. And it's also sort of the uh, the keystone or the fulcrum in the run game. And so I think he's a I think he's an impact player from the center position. And it's 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 mentally and then it's his strength, both in the run and pass game that, that makes a big difference. I mean, I, I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb here, I think, for most people. But to me, that is a far bigger loss slash gain for the Cowboys than Zeke ever ever would be um agree disagree uh you know what probably I I haven't seen enough of Tony Pollard the guy they keep hyping up but I would say you're probably right he's a cross between Adrian Peterson and uh Walter well let's let's just use Dallas running backs Herschel Walker Tony (laughs) Dorsett Emmett Smith and Zeke in one He's great. Um, cool. I want to get you out of here on this. We have a, sh- a segment at the end of our pod about the Cincy YMCA and some of the crazy, weird things that we have seen there. Uh, and I want to give you an opportunity to vent a little bit um, about some of the crazy, weird, annoying things that you used to be you know, a professional athlete. You didn't have to deal with the plebeians at the 24-hour fitness, right? But now that you do, what have you seen? 
Well, so I, I have like a, a home gym, so I normally work out there. But I do go to the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania YMCA nice. because I like to swim. So do we. So especially in the winter, you know, as a former offensive lineman, I am trying to uh, preserve my joints as long as I can. So swimming is just an unbelievable total body workout where you're not impacting the ground at all. A couple of things at the Harrisburg YMCA that jump out to me. One is they only have like mini towels so (laughs) even even after you shower after your workout you're you're working with four different mini towels to try to get everything dry and i don't think that's very efficient for anybody i don't know why they don't have any full length full size towels and the other thing is uh that that's nice they have a sauna and a steam room and the only thing I don't love about it is every single time I've ever gone in the steam room, this one guy's in there. And this one guy, I mean, this one guy is leaning back. He's got one leg up, and he is putting it all up there, and he is loving every minute of it. And um, I, I am generally uncomfortable in there. Uh, both because of his posture and because of the fact that I've never been there without him in the steam room. So there's something really bizarre there. So that, that would be mine. That's oh, great. man. Those are fantastic. We we started swimming, actually, uh, this past season because that's something I'd always wanted to do and never had a pool. And the YMCA is great because they have a pool. I would say there are some, some disadvantages. It's probably not the nicest pool in the world, but it gets the job done. Um, Ross, this was awesome. Hopefully, yep. this is just the first of many. Thanks for coming on. Knock them dead tonight uh, at the at the game. I'm sure you will. Yeah, make sure you guys watch. It's going to be replayed on NFL Network and obviously NFL Game Pass. You can watch it live. So, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to it. it should be fun. I hope uh, hope a bunch of guys play. We'll see. I, I anticipate greatness for a preseason game. Go out and check out all of the great stuff that uh, Ross Tucker is putting out there. It is tremendous. You don't want to miss out. Ross, we'll see you later. Thank you so much again. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you're in a fantasy, fantasy feast podcast. And more importantly than anything, you got to listen to George on this week's <laughs> Even Money Podcast. Boom, man. We'll talk to you later. Sounds great. See you guys. All right, we want to thank uh, Ross Tucker for coming on um, the show. It was awesome. He is a lot of fun. Had some really great takes about a YMCA <laughs> in a different city, which we always love to hear. Um, they always relate. I, I was surprised that you weren't I, – actually, I bet you are because you're much larger than I am mm-hmm. – uh, that the towels, they are kind of small. I would say that, yeah, I'm, I'm, but there's a huge, like, I'm probably closer to Ross in terms of size, but, but I'm still, like, smaller, obviously, yeah. not having played uh, left guard and, and center and right guard in the NFL. It was great. It was great to hear him talk about offensive line play in a, in a, in a smart way. He certainly, I think, understands the game of football very well. Uh, and I, and, and he's, he's absolutely right. I think offensive linemen really do have to understand the game. Uh, to a, a to a level that people don't quite appreciate, so it was cool to talk about that. Yeah, can I tell you what my favorite part about that interview was? So Ross Tucker's we went to Princeton. He's an offensive lineman, educated guy, about to go call an Eagles game, but he managed to not talk about O line play in a super douchey uppity yeah. way. <laughs> you know, you got to appreciate yeah. that when that that comes around. So thanks to him. Um, definitely go check out all the different pods that he's got going on. Uh, we forgot to ask him about his favorite Ev- Evan Silva story, but we will do that the next time that we get him on. The right, because our Evan Silva stories are non. Evan the, Silva. The, the empty set is not an is absolute not ours, legend. Our we got to get El- uh, Evan on here too. Yeah, um, but he's busy, you know, with that website thing. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy preseason week three. Peace out. Looking for the perfect gift? 
check out a Visa Virtual Account. Available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click Send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual visa today at www.giftcards.com/virtual.